Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fergus. Good morning, church. You know, God is in the house. Amen. And this morning, we are going to look at the third of the I am sayings of Jesus. Basically, we are not following a, a specific sequence because this was supposed to have been last week where Pastor Fergus shared uh, on uh, I am the gate, right, to the sheep. The other one was by DK a few weeks ago where he shared uh, and kicked off the I am sayings of Jesus series with I am the bread of life. And today we are looking at I am the light of the world. Basically, it's very interesting when it comes to when Jesus said it and where he said it. You know, in the midst of Israel celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus was speaking in the part of the temple known as the treasury where the offerings were collected, where people would gather. And in this place, there were huge uh, torches or lamps that were burned to symbolize the pillar of fire that led Israel, the children of Israel, out of Egypt and led them through the desert, you know, uh, during the Exodus. And this fire was the presence of God at that time, leading Israel through the wilderness, protect, protecting them, providing for them. And, and, and in this uh, temple, in this place uh, known as the treasury, the Israelites commemorated it and uh, placed these pillars of fire. You know, they, they were basically lamps just to remind them. And Jesus went to this place and in that very place, he makes this statement, I am the light of the world. Not a light, but the light, the only light. And guess what? That would have really shaken his hearers to the core. It would have woken up people who are half asleep or sleeping, you know, just to... To draw and, and, and zoom in to what Jesus was saying. And today we're going to look at the passage of scripture in John 8. Let's read it together as we journey and find out what Jesus meant by him being the light of the world. So let's read it together, right, folks? John 8, verses 12 to 15. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So follow me. Uh, even as I read it here, I know you guys are muted, but you can still read it at home, right? So let's read it together. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of the world. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. Verse 15, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Next slide. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. You know, it's a very uh, interesting passage with so many uh, directions we can go on in terms of Jesus saying that he does not judge. In this, he's talking about using human uh, parameters to judge. He says that, you know, in one sense, in verse 16, as you look at it, he says, I do not judge. And then he says, my judgment is true. He uses, you know, God uses a different, uh, what do you call it, uh, different parameters when it comes to judging. And then he talks about two things here, uh, his judgment, 
his true judgment and his testimony being true. And the one who bears witness of him is his father. Basically, this would have really shaken up his hearers. We are not going too deep into this segment. We are just going to focus on that very statement in the earlier slide that we saw. John 8 verse 12, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world, right? So we are going to look at what Jesus meant by calling himself the light of the world and what are the implications of Jesus' statement to us today. Amen? The next slide, bro. Jesus did not say that he was one light, a light, or one of the many lights. He said he was the light, the exclusive, unique light, the one and only. As much as Jesus is the way, the truth, you know, John 14, 6 says Jesus described himself as the way, the truth, the life. But even earlier than this, now in verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 12, he declared himself to be the light of the world. Amidst the chaos that we are seeing in this world, you know, DK was sharing about the world becoming much bigger now. We are so, uh, in a sense, limited. I mean, Zoom enables us to connect, praise God, but, you know, you can't go to so many places. You can't do so many things that you could do before. Amidst all these things that are happening around us, not just in Malaysia, but all around the world, in this clutter, amidst this clutter, Jesus is the only route to clarity. And he is the only one who can show us the way. And he is the only light there is that enables us to look at what matters. He also, you know, in the book of Psalms, I mean, the psalmist in Psalm 109 verse 5 talked about the word of God. In John, we see that in John chapter 1 where John testifies that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And then it goes on to say that he was the light of the world. The word was light. The word is both lamp and light to the psalmist in Psalm 109, uh, 100, verse 105. That means, first thing is he is the way. He is the one that gives us direction. He's the one that gives us vision. With regards to this particular verse, it talks about the lamp. That means Jesus is able to give us insight and revelation. The lamp to illuminate the path just in front of you as you step forward you can see what is in front of you you can make your decisions informed decisions guided decisions through the word jesus is able to in help us to see what is right in front of us that's what the lamp does to see what is in front of you and the light that gives us clarity to see the long road ahead of us so both vision and direction comes only through jesus he is the exclusive and unique light the next one, the next uh, attribute of the light would be, he is the author of life. He is exclusive. He is the one that gives us direction. He's the one that gives us purpose. He's the one that gives us clarity, right? When I saw this, you know, in Genesis 1-3, I think this is the first time it dawned on me that, you know, when God said, let there be light, and, and Jesus called himself the light of the world. You know, even in, uh, there are two, two uh, instances in John where he called himself the light of the world. One was, as we saw earlier in John ch chapter 8, verse 12. And then in John chapter 9, verse 5, he went on to say, as long as I am in the world, this was Jesus speaking, he said, I am the light of the world. Again, that was the second time he confirmed it. Here in Genesis 1, 3, God said, let there be light. This was basically these four words, let there be light, are God's first recorded words in the Bible. 
And if you look at Genesis 1, 3, it's the first time God is speaking. Let there be light. God's first recorded miracle. You know, as you can see the scriptures here, I've just put it on screen. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, sorry, uh, John, John, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and, and without him. Nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In these five verses, we can draw a few things very quickly. Number one, he is the source of life. Jesus, the light, he is the source of life. Life, all things were made through him. Verse four, in him was life, and the light was the light of men. He, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. He is the source of life, number one. Number two, he is the word that is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He is the light of the world. He is God himself. And nothing was made apart from him. Verse three, all things were made through him, and nothing was made without him. Right? So he is the maker of all things. And then the light when we introduce light into darkness, darkness just disappears. Amen. So he is the source of life. He is the word that is God. He is the source of everything that exists. He is the maker of everything. He is also the sustainer of everything. And he is the one that dispels darkness. Next slide, bro. When you look at the light, you know, it's very interesting. We know these things, but we really don't kind of like tabulate them or put them on a, uh, write them down and start meditating on these things or even thinking about it. I mean, I did not do it prior to uh, this last few few days when I was looking at this, preparing for this sermon. The light, basically, the light, that's Jesus. And, and everything hinges on him, sustaining, bringing things into existence, sustaining those things protecting those things and preserving those things. Basically, when we talk about the light, apart from light, without it, we cannot see anything. I mean, can you imagine just groping in darkness when there is no light? You can't even see where you are going. You can't see what's, you know, what's around you. It's stumbling around, trying to move backward or forward or any to any place, right, where there is no light. Without light, no vision. Without vision, we cannot go forward. Basically, we can't even live. We can't even exist. The second part is this light technology. You know that uh, the speed of light basically is that it moves around the earth and a half times a second. This is how I'm able to connect with you. Uh, this is how I'm able to speak to you. And this is how we connect with each other without much lag. Sometimes, of course, the internet lines can get a bit laggy, but you know, because of the technology and because of light, people are able to harness the dynamics of light to come up with the tools and the technology. And it is the key to communicating with one another. So many things, you know, your, your phone, your, uh, what do you call it, your, uh, television, all this stuff run based on the principles of light. So it is the key to technology. And then light, basically, you know, you don't have the sun, you don't have photosynthesis. No photosynthesis, no plants. No plants, animals can't eat anything. No animals, we can't eat animals. So basically, without the light, there is no food. 
and then the light itself brings health. The sun, the sun, the light of the sun, basically, you know, it enables us to overcome everything from vitamin D deficiency to even depression. The lack of serotonin on the brain, I, I understand, brings about, uh, you know, serotonin keeps you calm, keeps you focused. But when you have a lack of it, you become depressed, you become limba, so to speak, you become lethargic and so forth. So, you know, from these few things, we can see that light contributes to good health. The absence of light does not help at all, right? Light is also the origin of energy. Uh, e equal to mc squared basically is Einstein's, uh, what do you call it, uh, equation, which defines energy or E as m, which is mass. The speed of light, c squared, where the speed of light components within the uh, what do you call it uh, equation according to scientists the universe is still expanding that means galaxies are forming even as we even as we, we even as i speak right now you know and this is based on the word that god decreed let there be light in genesis 1 3 and his words are still creating galaxies that is so awesome to think right that that light that god decreed is bringing things into existence even today that light that god decreed is even upholding all things. You know, there's this verse that we'll look at later, which says that God holds, upholds everything by the word of his power. Basically everything, I mean, a lot of things in life we might think, but hinge on the light that is God. And we don't, you know, it's like, when I was looking at it personally, it really drew me to think and just thank God. Yesterday, I was just, you know, uh, we were walking around our taman with my wife and, you know, there was this, this full moon out in the sky yesterday evening, right? And she was telling me, you know, look at it, you know, how awesome is the, the moon itself awesome. How awesome would be the one who made it, you know? How awesome would be the one who made it? Sometimes we walk around looking at all these things and we don't even take time to thank God. I'm sure, you know, let's, let's be a people who are grateful. Let's be a people who are focused and connected to our maker. Amen. Next slide, bro. I mean, we've seen what the light is, who the light is rather, and you know, coming down to uh, what all this is to us today. Ah, I see uh, a, a, a post here. Jasmine is saying that she knows and she saw a big fat round moon yesterday. <laughs> That's, that's, that's good. That's good, Jasmine. Praise God. You know, this is Hebrews 1.3, reading from the Amplified Version. I mean, there's a long verse, you know, but kind of like uh, encapsulates the whole thing about who Jesus is. Quite quite good, lah. I thought this particular, uh, what do you call it, uh, verse in this particular translation, right? Just look at it as I read it, read it. The sun, that is Jesus, is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory, the light being the brilliant light of the divine and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence and upholding and maintaining and propelling all things that is the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word, carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. When he himself, that is, he, that is himself and no other, had by offering himself on the cross, 
as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins and established our freedom from guilt. He sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. I'm going to read that again. Father, I just pray, God, even as I read this, Lord, and my brothers and sisters, look at this particular translation, this verse, that your word will take root in our lives and your Holy Spirit will bring enlightenment. Your Holy Spirit will bring understanding in Jesus' name. All right, let's read it again. The sun is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God, reflecting God's Shekinah glory. The light being the brilliant light of the divine and the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence, upholding and maintaining and propelling all things that is the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word, carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. When he himself and no other had by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin accomplished purification from sins, and established our freedom from guilt. He sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. Wow, amen. Jesus, the light, is the radiance and only expression of the glory of our awesome God. Basically, he reflects this light, this light of the world as the perfect expression, the perfect reflection of God. Amen. Of our Heavenly Father. That is so awesome. Amen. The exact representation and perfect imprint of His Father's essence. And then He, this light, upholds and maintains and propels all things. Basically, He is the one who sustains. He's the one who made and He's the one who sustains the entire physical and spiritual universe. How awesome is that thought? How awesome. Amen. Let's go on to the next slide, bro. All right. This is a very interesting quote by uh, G.K. Chesterton. This guy lived, um, he was born somewhere in the 1800s, towards the middle of the 1800s, and he died somewhere in 1930s, I think. And he was a very prolific English author, um, apologist, and also a layman, theologian. And he's written some very, very interesting stuff. And this, are one, this is uh, one of his, his best quotes, you know. He's saying this, God is like the sun, you cannot always look at it, but without it, you cannot look at anything else. Can, can you just grasp this thought? Jesus said, I am the light of the world, right? Basically, without Jesus, without him, we cannot see anything. We cannot look at anything else, you know, apart from doing it through him. So we, are, we, we all know this verse very well. Uh, Romans 10, 17, which, which says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, actually, uh, the, you can, when you look at that particular verse, hearing by the word of God, you're using the word of God as a lens of sorts. That means you're filtering everything that comes into you, your, your, into you, comes into your, your space through the word of God, right? Likewise, when you look at the light, you need that light in your life so that you can see where you are going. You need that light. Because, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The first part here is the light being the way. The light guiding you. The light illuminating your path. The light directing you. Uh, we look at Psalm 119.105. One of the ways I kind of like paraphrase it is it, this. God's word is both a compass to guide you, to direct you, 
and it is also an anchor to secure you in times of storm. Amen. That is the light being the way, illuminating, guiding you. Because sometimes, you know, without light, you can't see where you're going. You don't even, you'll be just groping in the darkness. But with the light in our lives, we know where to go. We have direction. We have focus, right? And we have purpose. The second part is the truth. The light being the truth. These days, we've got so much of fake news. Even with regards to the vaccines that are coming out, people have all kinds of things, all kinds of theories about, yes, go with it. No, don't go with it. And all kinds of stuff. Everywhere we see fake news. You don't even know what is true, what is false anymore. And guess what? We really, really need the truth. And we have the truth, who is Jesus, the light that is the truth. And when the Spirit of God speaks to us, when the Spirit of God inspires us, He illuminates our path, right? First as the light being the way, but He also gives us insight and discernment. You know, according to the Word of God, you and I have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. You know that, right? Amen? Batulda. Yes? When the Spirit of God dwells in you, the Spirit of God knows the mind of God. God knows everything, right? He's omniscient, all-knowing. The thing is this, when we have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, technically, <laughs> we will have perfect knowledge in every situation. My wife has just posted something there on the chat. She says, Batul, have perfect knowledge in every situation. We will not be confused. We will not be lost. We will not be dragged around by our noses. We will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Amen. It is because the truth of God abides in us. The light being the truth. And the light being life. What I mean by this? Jesus said, I am the way. Illuminates your path. The truth gives you insight and discernment and life. By life, the light being our life force. The light that brought us into existence is the same light that carries us through life. Strengthening us, sustaining us, securing us, protecting us, providing for us, preserving us, and leading us on into that place, into that destiny that he has ordained for us. We can only do that when we are connected to the Lord because he is the one who made us. You know, always when it comes to a certain product, the one who conceived it, the one who designed it would be the one who knows its exact function and he will be the one who is able to bring out the maximum or, or rather use that product to its fullest potential. You and I, even as we are submitted to God, even as we have the Lord Jesus living in our hearts, living in our hearts by his spirit, we have this potential to fulfill what God has ordained for us, to reach that destiny that God has for us. We have to be connected to the Lord. See, just like the Israelites in the uh, Old Testament as they were journeying from uh, Egypt, into the promised land. They had this pillar of fire and then they had this pillar of cloud. It was the very presence of God. They called it, you know, when God's presence was there, it was the Shekinah glory. In Christ Jesus, God became like personified. In the world, in an approachable way. In the past, 
Those guys were so afraid when the presence of God came down the mountain, they couldn't even touch the mountain, right? And, and God had to tell Moses to tell the Israelites, don't even come near this mountain. Don't even let animals come near this mountain. Because when they crossed that line, they will be finished. They could, could not stand in the holiness, in the presence of God. But today we can because Jesus is our mediator. Jesus covers us. The righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to us. And when God sees us, he sees that light in us. He sees that righteousness of Jesus imputed on us. So when he sees us, he doesn't look at our faults or our foibles. He looks at the righteousness of Jesus. We have to be connected to the Lord. When we are connected to the Lord, we will know the mind of the Lord. We will know where he wants us to go. We will know how to go to the place that he wants us to go. And we will also know when to go where he wants us to go. That itself is something so awesome, right? One of the things we have to understand is this. When we have the light, Jesus said he's the light, right? When he, we have the light, what do we do with the light? You know, uh, we were having a discussion uh, yesterday about, about the light and, and this thought came, came to me, you know. Uh, in the past, when in my younger days, we used to have this chicken coop and my dad, you know, and mom, they used to keep turkeys, ducks, geese, um, chicken, of course, they all lived in Harmony. <laughs> they all lived in Harmony. They used to have some mini quarrels, but they all lived in Harmony. In this large chicken coop, you know, and there were quite a few of them inside. Uh, and my dad, he put up a, a, a floodlight inside the chicken coop so that at night, if anything, you know, if a monitor lizard or a cobra or a python were to make their way inside and the chickens get startled up, you could switch on the light to see what is happening. So when a cobra or a monitor lizard or a python got inside at night and the chickens start clucking and the dogs start barking. My dad would just go switch on the floodlight. What is inside there? If it was a monitor lizard, you'd go inside there, grab it by its neck and throw it out or give it to his friends who usually cook it. If it was a snake, you just kill it, you know, and remove it from there. When the light is introduced into darkness, it shows us what is wrong. It removes the clutter from our eyes. It removes the scales from our eyes and gives us insight and focus and discernment into what is happening in that place, what is happening in that situation. And then once we see what is happening, we don't turn around and go back. We don't switch off the light and leave that place. We go inside there with the authority of the Son of God in our lives and we deal with it. You know why? Because we... Are God's hands and feet. We are the body of Christ. We have the authority assigned to us by the head of the church, who is Jesus. And we, the church of Jesus Christ, will have to move into that place, apply that authority God has given us, and deal with that monitor lizard, deal with that cobra, deal with that python. That's what we are supposed to do. But we can only do that when we are connected to the light. Amen. And when we are able, you know, when God speaks to us normally, when God is connected to us, or rather when we are connected to the Lord, we are able to connect others to him. And when we allow God to speak to us, then and only then can he speak through us. Amen. 
Like G.K. Chesterton said, God is like the sun. You cannot always look at it, but without it, you cannot look at anything else. We need the light. We need to be constantly connected to God. Can you imagine walking in the dark? The world is a dark place, right? We all know that. But when you are not connected to the Lord, you might go and crash into a tree or you know, just slip and drop into a lungkang, uh, into a drain, right? So we need to be connected with the Lord 100%. Let this year, you know, in 2020, as we are going through this series, ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in to our atmosphere this morning, where we are right now, and ask Him to plug us back into the socket of the Holy Spirit. Correctly, sometimes you are plugged in, but then the plug is not gone in, connect, connected completely, right? So let Him just push back the plug inside correctly and connect us back. Some of us could be unplugged today. So I'm not talking about acoustic guitars or electric guitars, right? I'm talking about being plugged into the socket of the Holy Spirit. So today, let the Holy Spirit plug us back inside as we invite him today. Amen. I'm just going to invite uh, Lionel to lead us into worship, right? And as he does that, after he does that, I'm going to pray for you. Even as he is singing and he's worshiping. Let's worship together. Let's be connected together in this, uh, you know, as a family, as a family, the SIBKL at Smigolo Church, the family of God where we are today, all right? We need to be more like Jesus. We need Jesus more than ever today. We need his light in our lives. We need him because he is our light. Amen. What do you like now? Amen, amen, amen. We need more of you in our lives, Lord Jesus. We need more of your light in our lives. We need more of you, Holy Spirit. This morning, Father, we come before you as your sons and daughters. We come before you as individuals. We come before you as families. Corporately this morning, Father. And we ask God that there be a Genesis 1-3 moment in our lives again. That you'd speak into our lives and say, let there be light. Let there be light in the name of Jesus. Father, let this year be the year of your glory. Let this year be a year where we are connected to you and plugged into the socket of your Holy Spirit like never before. Let this year be a year where strongholds of the enemy are completely broken, demolished from our lives. Let this be a year where we seek and we resolve to seek you like we never sought you before. Let this be a year where we become like Jesus, where we become builders, not demolishers. People who would build up one another, people who would be your hands, your feet, who would run to where there is a need, who would have discernment, who would have insight, who would be led by your light, who would be people who diffuse the fragrance of your knowledge, carriers of your presence, Father. Lord, even this morning, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to release a fresh anointing upon our church. Upon this church, your church, God, we ask you to release a fresh anointing right now. I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now in Jesus' name. I just want you to lift your hands to him right now in Jesus' name. Father, just fill the homes, the 
brothers and sisters, in Jesus' name. Let there be a fresh anointing from your throne of grace. Holy Spirit, what you did, Lord, through the ages when people sought you, where we gathered in the name of Jesus. Do it again in our lives. Do it again in our lives. Do it again in our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, we just break every stronghold of the enemy in the lives of your people. Every fear, every doubt, every unbelief, every intimidation. Break in the name of Jesus. Break in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your hand upon us, Father. And we thank you, Father, that your word says that he who began a good work in us will see it to completion, will bring about that which you have ordained, will bring about that which you have planned, will bring about that which you have purposed even before the foundation of the world to pass in each one of our lives, that we will be a people that honors you. We will be a people that knows you. We will be a people that would listen to you, a people to whom you speak and a people through whom you speak, Father. We just thank you. We bless you, Lord, even Father. I just ask, Father, that as we go through this week, Father, today as we end February, even the second month of 2021, and as we step into the month of March, let it be, Father, a month of your glory. Let it be a month of fulfillment. Let it be a month of your blessedness in our lives. Let it be a month of your presence. Let it be a month of your light shining in us and shining through us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.